Get ready for your weekly dose of talent strategies and tactics from industry leaders to help you attract, select, and retain your top talent. You're listening to Inside Executive Search with Steve Yakish and Scott Peterson. Inside Executive Search Podcast. My name is Steve Yakish, and this show is for business owners, board members, and executives exploring strategies and tactics to attract, select, and retain the very best. If you're not feeling 100% confident that you have that plan to recruit the very best, keep listening. This podcast will help you get there. That said, I'd like to welcome in Mr. Scott Peterson from Verseque Search. Hi, Scott. Good afternoon. Good to be here again this week again, Steve. Good to see you. Hey, so this uh, episode is going to be our last one on the selection category. Um, It's going to be about interview bias. We can't tackle them all, but you're going to walk us through what we think is probably the top five or most common. Yeah, most common ones we'll go over. Yep. Perfect. So as a preview of those, uh, we have primary, order effect, subjective, self-imaging, and the halo effect. So yeah, very, sounds very technical, but we're academia. Gonna, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna get break this down into what really what does that what does that mean? What, right. You know, what, how that is affecting your process of evaluating your talent, picking that talent. Perfect. Well, let's just uh, start tackling them one at a time. So let's start with. Primary. What does that mean? Yeah, this is you know primary effect. Okay, so what is what is all that about? It's really picking the person, the candidate in the interview process that's freshest in your mind. Hmm. So typically, the last one you interview will be rated pretty high by you uh, as an individual, um, unless so- they follow your guidance and they have a really good interview process and they group all the candidates together in a short amount of time, correct? That, that's correct. So the, the, if you can reduce that time between, you reduce that primary effect. You also can reduce the primary effect by using those evaluation tools we talked about in the assessments so that that you don't get that bias of the last interview. You, you're you rating these candidates in and of themselves versus when the last one that I just saw. Sure. Or just spoke with. So then what's different than when we talk about the order effect? Yeah, so order effect is it's more often than not, people think that the first or last interview uh, was the best, even though the middle one was probably the most qualified and the better fit. Um, again, it's a, it's a psychological um, uh, barrier that, hey, I met this first one, I remember them because it was the first one in the interview, so I was just excited to meet this person. And then, again, um, the last person is primary effect, but it's also order effect, Got so it. they kind of cross over there. But if you're using some of the tools that we previewed earlier in, or I should say, an earlier podcast, right. and you're writing down your thoughts, you're scoring uh, on key categories um, throughout the interview process, that should help alleviate the order effect? Yeah, it should. And what, another way of thinking about that is do your assessment or evaluation of the candidate when you're done, not at the end of the interviews of all of the candidates. Because sure. then you can really have a, uh, an issue with the the order they came in or the last person that's freshest in your mind might get the better rating. Sounds good. All right, the third one is subjective. And I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this yes. one. Yes, I mean, you want to make interviews objective as possible, right? So let's, let's eliminate or reduce the subjective weightings to your interview. 
Um, those are things that are simple as male versus female, color, height. What's, what college do they go to? If they went to my college, they're clearly a much better candidate, right? <laughs> sure. Um, the St. John's effect? Yeah. <laughs> yes, in Minneapolis, the St. John effect. You know, it could be really any of those things that um, that how are they dressed? How are they if they you just there's nothing to do with really the the talent that you're interviewing for the job, but you're basing it on things that really don't matter to the job. Sure. And so just just be cognizant that those happen just natural biases. Again, if somebody came in from my college, I would clearly have them at a much higher level even before I talk to them, which is just natural. So getting back to, again, doing your evaluations and your assessments and using those tools and techniques we talked about is critical. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I remember a story is probably 10, 12 years ago, but uh, me and a colleague were walking out after doing an intake, um, or right before the intake, I should say, and we were talking about um, you know the effect of hey, so you never know. So and so could have a kid in the same hockey program as another kid, right. and ultimately it turned out the guy that we placed that ultimately got the job, their kids were in the same hockey association. So right. it's just kind of random, but it, it it I always remember that when I'm giving guidance to our clients on you know interview right. bias because it happens. Well, I think some of those things can be a big plus, right? Mm-hmm. As long as you're evaluating. Them, them right in the first place and they just happen to come from the same college as you that could be a good thing but not just because they came from the same college as you for example yeah and I think it is fair to say I mean the some of those biases like same college or they're it's they're easy to talk to because you have that common ground like yeah, hockey or right. uh, whatever it might be um, that does come into play from a you know personality you want to work with people you enjoy talking to but you can't have that over you know, over the top of the skills and can they get the job done? Correct. Is that fair? Yep. Okay. That's very fair. Got it. All right. So number four, self-image. Self-image hiring. So what is what does that mean? Well, um, I like the people that think like me, right? <laughs> yep. Um, that is hiring for someone that thinks like you or putting them at a much higher uh, on the rating scale. Uh, the problem with doing that is you're going to get everybody thinking like you that you hire then, which is which is not what you're looking for. You're looking for a diverse work work group, uh, diverse employee population. So really just try to avoid those things. Really, again, back to the evaluation tools, back to the assessment tools, and back to doing those right after the interviews are done um, so that you rate them in a proper mindset, not all at the end and say, well, I really like that person. And in your mind, you're thinking, hmm, I think I like them because they were just like me. Right, and we know Less conflict yeah. probably, and you, yeah. and you know, Steve, that you can't have a lot of me's in the company, right? So. <laughs> you don't want a bunch of clones, right? Right. Yeah. All right, the last one, the halo effect. Yeah, this one is uh, more for companies that are probably hot, more a little bit more high profile in the news, in newspapers, those sorts of things. And the reality is, um, you know, just because someone is very charismatic on the on TV. Um, charismatic in newspaper articles, um, well, uh, kind of well received that way, doesn't necessarily make them the right candidate for your company and sure. your position. So again, don't look at that stuff as a rating um, tool. You can look at that as they're a really good public speaker, but it doesn't mean they're the right fit for our company. Sure. Well, and I think you see it too, and at least here in the local marketplace, I know the 
uh, Minneapolis Business, St. Paul Business Journal. They have the CIO, the CFO of the Year Awards, and some of the Forty Under Forty Awards, right. which are awesome. But just if they have that on their resume or they've received one of those, like you said, it doesn't mean they can repeat that inside your company, given what right. you need that role to do. Yeah, correct? you still have to evaluate them on their individual talents and, and backgrounds and experiences. Perfect. Well, there's a handful of other biases out there. Um, you know, I think if if you're a board member, executive, um, you know, really tap into your HR leader. He or she probably has um, a lot of skills and or experience in here in this category that maybe can help not only you or the entire interview team, right. or at least challenge the ratings that the different interviewers give back just to make sure that these biases don't leak too heavy into the and one process, idea, right? One idea is might, again, re, as you said, reach out to your HR leader, but have the HR leader do a, a, a little bit of the training on your sure. interview team, right? Help them understand what these biases are all about. Um, help them uh, do their evaluations properly. How do, you, how do you go about it? So a little bit of training, because um, people are not professional interviewers, uh, typically inside organizations. Um, they don't do it every day for their job. So some of these tips and tricks and tactics are really important for, for, the, for the interview team. Perfect. Well, that wraps up uh, this episode um, and wraps up uh, the specific episodes on selection. So next week, we are going to be uh, transitioning into retention strategies and tactics, and we'll do a quick recap of the selection um, episodes as well. So that'll be kind of our our transitional uh, episode. But we'll have another probably four or five, maybe even six uh, podcasts specifically around retention maybe a uh, guest speaker or two yes we're uh, we're gonna float out the guest speaker um uh for you guys um we're in heavy negotiations with <laughs> executive producer taylor if we can add in a a special yeah guest. We, we think at this point of going going through attraction and now selection um and those are those are super important components of retention right mm-hmm. it starts with that great process um, so we, we think bringing in some outside um, expertise um, and some, some uh, frankly, let's get some new, new uh, talent on the, on the radio here. You and I. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be really interesting for the listeners to say, um, you know, what they've just been talking about for, with us for five, five weeks on uh, attraction and five weeks on retention. And then we are going into retention, but five weeks on attraction and selection um, is really important for that to, you know, um, really help us kind of bring this all together um, and, and show that companies are doing these things and how are they doing them themselves. Perfect. Well, I'm looking forward to it. So that wraps up our 10th yes, podcast. So 10, we're in double digits. Yeah, number 10 uh, is done. Almost done. Almost done. So if you uh, need to get a hold of Scott, you can always find him on Verseek.com or look him up on LinkedIn. And as always, you can find these podcasts on all the major channels out there, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartMedia, et cetera, et all cetera. All your favorite podcast avenues. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Scott. Uh, as always, it's fun to hang out with you every week, and we will uh, do it again next, next week Sounds as great. we start on retention. Sounds great. We'll talk then. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody.